remember those in prayer, pray for them. Um, turn with me again, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 11. And, uh, and I want to, uh, I'm not going to read, uh, I preached on the first part of the text. I'm going to read the, the, the last part uh, at this time. First Corinthians 11, and let's begin in verse uh, 17. No, not verse 17. We want to, last part of it, we want to begin in verse uh, uh, 23. I'm sorry. Verse 23. Oh, it looks like everybody's standing. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manners also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat, this bread and drank this cup you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. And it's not, uh, it's not for me to judge or anybody else to judge whether you're unworthy or not. It's for you to judge. Uh, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthy eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And uh, he says down in, I'm going to go down to 31st verse, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we're judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for this special day we have here at Landmark Baptist Church. This is a day of celebration. This is a day of time when we celebrate uh, what the Lord has done for us. And we show that, and every one of us here, by partaking with the Lord's Supper, we are, we are preaching uh, his death, burial, and resurrection to the people, to everyone that's here. And Lord, I just pray that you'll help each and every one of us to realize how, how important this is, how important it is that we, uh, that we be in unity when it comes to the Lord's Supper. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Um, all right, we got down to, uh, that, uh, God set the, order of the services in his church and he expects his people to follow them that includes those who are trying to get away from those biblical standards because they feel they offend people now um you know um if if i do know that if you don't offer the lord's supper to everybody you do offend some people i I've got a lady right now that won't speak to me uh, because she came, her and her husband came here, and uh, we I didn't offer them the Lord's Supper. And 
she told me she was so embarrassed that she couldn't stand it because we didn't offer them the Lord's Supper. And she said, uh, she said, y'all made us look like heathen. Uh, and I told her, I said, now, if you, if you remember that I explained closed communion and, uh, her husband was a preacher. He pastored a church out near Soperton for many, for many years. And I said, if you notice, I explained that we practice close communion here and said, uh, I would have thought that y'all would have known what that was. And she said, we never heard of it. I said, well, uh, close communion is when you only the people that are assembled together that are members of that assembly uh, are to partake of the Lord's Supper. And But anyway, again, as I said, you know, people will get offended at a lot of things. And there's, a, there's some people who have gone away from some of these things because they don't want to offend anybody. And, and I didn't want to offend them. Uh, I mean, that lady, that lady hated me. Uh, her husband and I were good friends. And, uh, but boy, she hated me. And, uh, with her second husband, let's put it that way, her second husband and I were good friends, but he would come, they would come in to Hardy's and he'd come over and shake hands with me and sit down with me and she'd just walk right by me, wouldn't say a word. And if he'd sit down with me, she'd go down somewhere else and sit. And, uh, and he was telling me why that she does that. So he asked her one time, why she do that, and that's because she claims that, that I offended her because I didn't offer them the Lord's Supper. But uh, that's, that's no reason to stop doing it as the Lord teaches us to do it. That's no reason to do that. Uh, now, if we're to understand unity at the Lord's table, then we must see where is the Lord's table. Uh, where is the Lord's table? You have to understand, you know, where is the Lord's table? Has any of you ever uh, seen a special table here that says it's the Lord's table? Uh, where is the Lord's table? Well, it's not in our house. And the reason, I, the reason I'm saying these things now is because there there's a sect of people out there that carry the Lord's Supper to houses. And, 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 they, and they give it. They, they, they serve it to people in the house that want it. And, uh, they, they're, they, they meet right over there in Vidalia. And, uh, and they do that. They go around from, to, to the houses. So it's not in the houses. Well, and I don't know if anybody's ever served it. It's not at a fish fry. You know. And the reason I'm saying that is it's because some people have a special event and to make it to make it real special, they'll serve the Lord's Supper. That happens all the time. That happens all the time when something special is taking place and, and, and they feel they want an extra blessing. <coughs> Excuse me. They'll offer the Lord's Supper and give the Lord's Supper to make that event better for it is. It's, it's not at a family reunion. I'm saying these things because I know down through the years that the Lord's Supper has been served at these events. 
And, and, and it's not there. Where's my water? Uh, somebody's water. Uh, it's, um, it's not at, at a family reunion. It's, it's not at the ocean. It's not at the lake. And uh, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not the Lord's Supper. You know, you, you may say, well, our church is serving the Lord's Supper, but we're at the lake, so we'll just do it simultaneously when they do it. That's not work. Lord's table is not at the ocean or the lake. It is not even at just any meeting that has religion uh, religion attached to it. And people, you know, people said, well, this is a religious thing. A good thing to do is to serve the Lord's Supper. Well, where, where, where did this happen at in the Bible? This very thing I'm saying, the very thing, things I've been talking about. Where did this happen at in the Bible? Anybody know? Well, it, it happened when Constantine... Uh, baptized, he didn't give the Lord's Supper, but he baptized uh, the Roman soldiers hoping that they'll be able to win their next battle or some religious thing. And I'm sure that this has been done many times in, in many different places. Uh, the Lord's Supper is served. I, I do know that I, was, I, I heard that it was served one time at Bruton Parker because of a going to a singing event and, and and the music professor served the Lord's Supper that's not it's not there either Lord's table is not there it's not there it is not even at just any meeting that has a religious religion attached to it it is at an assembly which has been called out by the Lord for that purpose and that's what we are today we've been called out of the Lord for the purpose of this afternoon of serving the Lord's Supper. And, and we were called out for that purpose. You're, you're here for that purpose. I'm preaching on it for that purpose. We're, we're, we're here. The Lord's table is here. And, and it's not, it's not a visible table. The Lord's table is, is the unleavened bread and the wine. That's the Lord's table. It's like, uh, I brought this in here a while ago and Deanna was here. And I told Deanna, I said, supper's about ready. And, uh, well, this is, uh, that, that was the table. The table, Lord's table is, is right here in front of you. Not, not the wooden thing down there, but the, the, the unleavened bread and the wine. That's the Lord's table. And that's where we'd have unity at. Lord's table. In that. It's a called out assembly. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the called out assembly is. And, and, uh, and this is a call. That's the reason we've been, that's the reason I announced it in the, in the, um, uh, bulletin that we're going to be serving the Lord's Supper next Sunday after the afternoon service. That is a called out assembly. That, that's, that's, that is, that is assembly that has been called out <coughs> for that purpose. And so we, we can understand it and we can see it. Uh, better if we realize, you know, that 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 is what that is what it's for. This is the Lord's table. Lord's table has been set, and and now we're waiting on to feast 
at the Lord's table in just a little while. So the Lord's table has been set. Better do where you put it. I could put it down on that floor. That's still the Lord's table is fixed. I could bring lay it on that first pew there. It's still the Lord's table has is ready and it's ready uh but the people do it differently. People do it differently. Now if you go somewhere and they do it differently, I think I don't know if Sam and Kara was there when uh, I probably was over at Memorial Heights. My goodness, it took them an hour and a half, I guess, to to do. I don't know how long it took. It took them a long time to serve the Lord's Supper over there. Which I mean, there's no there's no set way of doing it. As long as long as long as you do it, uh, as long as you're doing it the way the Lord would tell us to do it. And, and Memorial Heights didn't do anything wrong. That they, they just took them a long time. You know, they they would have people stand up, and then they would serve those, and then they let them sit down, and then they have other people stand up, and they serve those, and and then uh, they sit down. Uh, and Brother uh, um, well, anyway, Bro- Brother Gordon. Brother Gordon would uh, would preach uh, a little message about in between ever ever serving, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as they were called out for that purpose, and they were, they were called out for that purpose, and they let us know we were there. I don't even know what how we got in on that. Was it a meeting or something they had we were at? I don't know. Maybe y'all remember. But anyway, we were called, we were, we, we were there, and Brother Gordon made it clear that this was for those that were members of Memorial Heights Baptist Church. And so, uh, this is the Lord's table right here. It's been set. This is the reason that we are called here this afternoon to assemble the Lord's church and to observe an ordinance which the Lord commanded us to keep. He, he commanded us to keep that or that it's like baptism. We're commanded to keep the ordinance of baptism. He commands us to keep the ordinance of, of, of the Lord's Supper. But now, some people have foot washing as an ordinance. It's not. The Lord did not command us to do that every time, uh, we met or anything like that. It's the Lord, Lord did that as a showing humility for Himself. And he said it's it's a humble thing when one will wash another one's feet, but he doesn't say anything about foot washing as being an ordinance of the church. And it's not. There's only two ordinances of the church. That's the Lord's Supper and baptism, or baptism and Lord's Supper. Only two of them. Those who choose not to be here are causing disunity at the Lord's table. I mean, whether with them. Whether they've done anything wrong or not, this is disunity when somebody's missing. It really is. It doesn't make any difference. It's disunity when somebody's missing. Uh, I have put a lot of thought into this over the years. Many times I've put a lot of thought into this. And I thought at one time that a church should not observe the Lord's Supper if all the members were not here. I really thought that at one time. And I, I did practice that. Y'all may not have noticed it, but I did practice that a time or two. You know, that, that I said that not everybody's here, so 
we're not going to have the Lord's Supper. And uh, But uh, I read a message that was um, written by, well, it was preached, but it was in writing form when I read it, uh, Charles Spurgeon. I read a message, and, and in that message, Charles Spurgeon gave the reason why you shouldn't penalize people that are there but he agreed with the fact is that that a church was in disunity if they if someone was absent when the Lord's Supper was was served. Now I can't imagine how they did it. I mean, when you had twenty thousand people, you know, I can't imagine. I guess they put a lot of people to work, you know, in passing passing out the Lord's Supper, but. Uh, he stated that you should never penalize faithful people who want to be there. And, and I, I got to think about that and got to think about it. And I said, yeah, he's true. You know, you, all of you came today to observe the Lord's Supper. You came this afternoon. You knew we were going to observe it. And why should I be one to say that you not going to get it because maybe somebody's not here that should be here. So, uh, so that's 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 the thoughts that I've had over the years. But I changed. I changed on that, and I do believe that <coughs> I do believe what Spurgeon preached on that—that that you should not penalize the people who came to observe the Lord's Supper. Now, if we're to understand unity at the Lord's table, we must see the church's responsibility. The church has a responsibility. You, you as an individual, you have a responsibility to be here and to partake of the supper, but the church itself has a responsibility. And that said, remember, baptism must always preclude the taking of the Lord's Supper. Uh, the church, the church has to be sure that the people that are here have been scripturally baptized. Now, you have a, you have people that are not scripturally baptized, but yet they're taken into the membership of church and they're served the Lord's Supper. That's wrong. Cause one of the, one of the, one of the pre, one of the things that has to be done is a person has to be scripturally baptized, become a member of, of this assembly. And so if a person hadn't been scripturally baptized, then they, I don't care how long they've been coming. And I don't care if the church has taken them in, they hadn't been scripturally baptized, they're not supposed to observe the Lord's Supper with the church because they, they need to be scripturally baptized. So that, that in that sense, you know, baptism is an entrance to the Lord's church. Now, if one has not submitted to scriptural baptism, then one is not to observe the Lord's Supper. So it go it go there there's something the church has to be responsible for. First of all, the church has to be responsible to practice scriptural baptism. We just talked about that uh, a couple of three Sundays ago. A church has got to teach scriptural baptism as well as teaching the Lord's Supper, and that's something that's not being done. Uh, and then I will tell you, I, I want I want you to do a little something that I want you to start asking your uh people you work with, maybe even your family members that go to go to a different assembly. Ask them what do y'all do 
as far as serving the Lord's Supper? And what do you do as far as baptism is concerned? Now, you're going to find a lot of them have never been taught anything concerning baptism and the Lord's Supper. They haven't been taught about the Lord's Supper. They, they don't even know why they observe it. And, and I, I challenge you to sit down and talk with them and find out exactly what do they believe about baptism and the Lord's Supper. Because it's like a, a, the brother that, that interrogated me when I was uh, ordained to the ministry. He was, it was doc, he was a professor at the seminary. And he, he, uh, he, uh, he, he's the one that asked the questions. He interrogated me. And, uh, he told me one thing that stuck with me over the years. Now he said, he said, Brother Jackson, he said, people can be wrong on the Lord's Supper and still do, still serve the Lord as such. But said no one, when it comes to church, no one can be wrong on baptism. He said if you're wrong on baptism, then he said that makes you wrong on everything else. Well, it does. Think about that for just a moment, what he was saying. I was just a young preacher, hadn't been, hadn't been preaching very long. And, and, uh, and so he, uh, I, I thought about that for a while. And he's right. He's correct, you know. Because baptism is, is, is the thing that has to be done before people can do a lot of things in a church. If a person does not adhere to scriptural baptism, they can never become an effective member of Landmark Baptist Church if they won't submit to scriptural baptism. And, uh, they, they, they just, you know, a lot of churches just let them sit there and, and pretty much let them do whatever they want to do, but, they, they can't take part in anything. They can't take part in the Lord's Supper. They can't take part in business meetings. They can't take part in, in, in a lot of things because they have not been scripturally baptized. So we, have, we understand the scriptural baptism is a prerequisite if you're going to uh, take the Lord's Supper. So you have to know that you have been scripturally baptized, and, and you have to know that... Uh, uh, we, we make mistakes on that sometimes. We really do. You know, uh, I baptized some folks in the last church that I pastored before I came here. And I didn't, I thought I was baptizing them into one, a sound church, but then I realized the church had no organization. I should have checked on that. Long before that, I should have checked on it. But, um, but, but I didn't. And, and I realized that I baptized people when it wasn't a church and I served the people of the Lord's Supper when it, when, when it wasn't a church. And, you know, that's why, that's why these things are important. That's why that I prepared this message. This, this wasn't an easy message to prepare. This is why I prepared this message to bring to you today in two forms is because of the fact that that I want you to know and understand what does all of this mean? What does all this mean, you know? When you hear somebody talk about, I think, uh, uh, Spurgeon in his song about the Lord's Supper, one, one, one of the, he talks about the bounty that is set before us. 
and the Lord's Supper. Well, that's the bounty right there. That's it. That, that's the bounty. That's the table right there. And, and the bounty, he said the bounty is put on the table. And, and well, that's, that's the Lord's Supper uh, is a bounty of it. Now, I'm going to conclude this message. I want you to go back again to 1 Corinthians 11. And, and I want to start in verse 23. And I want to read all the way down through verse 34. And I want to make some comments on this as we go now that we've, we, we've been through this message. He says in verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Paul was not going to serve the Lord's Supper except he had been taught. He said, Paul, Paul is saying this is all I know. This is all I understand. Well, uh, when I serve the Lord's Supper, that's all I understand because that's the way it was given to me. Uh, when, uh, when Brother Jeffries would give the Lord's Supper, I'd always be there at the church when they had the Lord's Supper. And he did it exactly the way that I do it today. And Paul says the same thing here. Paul says, what have, he says, for I am received, for I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And that's exactly, that's exactly what he did. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. So he, he, he had been taught this by the, the greatest teacher ever was. And that was the, that was the one that organized the church. And, and how, how can you be, taught any, any, any differently, you know. Some I've heard people say, well, it doesn't make any difference whether you serve the drink, uh, the cup, before you serve the bread, or, or they don't, it does make a difference. Because the Lord, Paul said, this is how I received it. I received it. They, they took the bread first. And after the same manner, just like the bread, after the same manner, also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Now, why do you suppose he ate some of the bread? Why do you suppose he drank the cup before you ever gave it to him? We don't do that. You know, when I pass out the Lord's Supper, I wait until all of us in unison... We, we, we drink, we, we eat the bread in unison, we drink the cup. Well, why do you suppose the Lord did that first? It's because He was the body. He, he was the body and He was the blood. That's the reason He did it first. In other words, in other words, it, it went through Him before it got to them. Now, we don't do that because it didn't go through me. I'm not the bread of life. He's the bread of life. I'm, I'm, I'm not the cup that, that they were given. He was the cup that they were given. They were given. Matter of fact, he said to the Lord, he said, if, if, if there's any way that I can pass up this cup, but he said, I'm not going to do it because he was the cup. He was the cup and he was the bread. 
And so thereby it passed through him before he, it passed to the people. And, and before he passed it out to the people. Because he was, now I'm, I'm not, I'm not the bread and I'm not the cup. So that's why we do it the way we do it. It's because I don't have the authority to do it exactly like this. Uh, I've had preachers say, well, and I, I know of preachers who they'll drink the cup or they'll eat the bread before anybody else eats it. And they'll drink the cup before anybody else drinks it. And, uh, that doesn't mean the same thing as this means. This means Jesus was the bread and he was the cup. Now, he says in the 26th verse, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. That word show is the same word for preaching. Same word for preaching. If you look it up in the Greek language, he just, he could have, they could have said here, For as often as you eat this bread, and drank this cup, you do preach the Lord's death till he come. So you ladies want to be preachers, you're going to be preachers in just a little while. You're going to be preachers because you're going to take this bread and take this cup, and you're going to show the Lord's death until he comes. You're going to preach it until he comes. Wherefore, <coughs> because of this, this previous here, wherefore, he said, you, you know how it's to be done, and you know, you know how it should be uh, uh, observed. But he says, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, you don't want to be guilty of that. You, you, you don't want to be guilty of the blood and the body of the Lord. Those Roman soldiers that put Christ on the tree and killed him. Now, they were guilty of that. They were guilty of that. As a matter of fact, one of the centurions had faith and realized that he had faith, and I preached about him here not too long ago. So one of the centurions, you know, he, uh, he, he, his, he, he was guilty of that very thing. And the Lord says here, if we do it unworthily, if I do it unworthily, if you do it unworthily, then you're, you're, uh, you are guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of this, that bread and drink of that cup. Now you don't take this if you got hidden sin in your heart. You don't take it. You just don't take it. If you got hidden sin in your heart. And that's, that's, that, that is, that is an important thing. There, you know, if you've got hidden sin in your heart, you know, I don't know what's in your heart. As a matter of fact, we sing a song that says, says, says that you're going to go to heaven if there is nothing found hidden in your heart. Mm. That, that makes everybody should want to repent of their sins and confess their sins and repent of them. Just like when we have this circle down here, that's the first thing the Lord says do. He says repent and then do what we do. If, so if you, if you, if you pray for Brother Gary with sin in your heart and you haven't asked forgiveness for it and you haven't repented of it and quit it, then you're guilty 
of that circle not being prosperous. Same way with the Lord's Supper. It's, I tell you, folks, it's something else. He says, um, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, that's, that's in two phases here. Lord's body can be the church, or it can be the, uh, the Lord's body in the sense of, of the, uh, Lord, Lord's not present here today, so that, that has to mean, uh, uh, that has to mean the church here. For this cause man, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. You wonder why we get sick. You wonder why some people die. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. It, you know, you should be, you should be crying, please, y'all, please, please judge me. Please show me what I need to do in order to get my sin, get right with the Lord. You know, you know, if you judge yourself, then no one else has to judge you. You know, you come, you confess your sins, you confess your faults when you pray, and you confess your faults one to another, and that's the same thing you do when you come up here. You're confessing your faults one to another, and as a result of it, the Lord says, I bless you as a result of all that. He says, but when we are judged, that is, of the Lord, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. That's another thing that we should be happy for. The Lord's chastening. When the Lord's whipping us, that should be a happy thing. You know, some, some, some mothers say, well, I, I, I don't want to do this, but I have to. My mom never did say that. She just, she, that backer stick just started moving. And, uh, she never said this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And, uh, but that, that's what, the, that's what this is saying here. That, but when we are judged, we're chasing of the Lord. You should be blessed if the Lord chastens you. Because if you're not chasing, you're not one of His children. It's amazing to me how that people will argue with you over the, over chastisement. They'll argue with you over that. That, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that when you got hidden sin and you don't want to confess it and you don't want to repent of it and the Lord has to judge you as a result of it and he chastens you, it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you a better person, better Christian. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat and tarry, come together to eat, tarry one for another. You know, be be uh, thoughtful of one one another. And if any man hunger, he's talking about the way they, the way they uh, did the Lord's Supper. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together into condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. I, I don't know how many of you wait to eat on the Lord's Day after you get home. I know I do. But I'm, I'm going to be taking the Lord's Supper hungry. You know, uh, ready to go home and eat. But uh, at any rate, he says, if a man really hungers like that, 
Let him meet at home. You know, let him meet at home. Don't, don't come expecting someone to fix you a meal because that's not the Lord's table. The Lord's table is not a meal. The Lord's table is exactly what you see up here. That's the Lord's table. That ye come not together into condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. And he, buddy, he did that too. He did that very thing. He said, he said, I've already judged some of you. And he said, I'll set some things in order when I get there. Well, you know, Apostle Paul was a hard man, I guess. He'd be called a hard man because he was, when he got there, he was going to judge those that he's already judged. He's going to openly do it. All right, uh, uh, let's, um, let's, uh, serve the Lord's Supper.